Start planning today and take that trip you've always wanted to. Every adventure gives you the opportunity to experience something new. Traveling will pay tenfold what you pay to actually do it. This is Inspire Beyond Borders, and we're here to help you see the world. Welcome to Inspire Beyond Borders, everybody. This is your host, Aaron Kelly. Today, we will be talking about a lovely West Coast trip to beautiful San Diego, California. And I'm joined by my co-host, James, as always, and our guest, Amber. Amber, how are you doing today? Hey, Aaron. Hey, James. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. James, how are you today? I am fantastic. Ready to talk about San Diego. I know. We've not had anyone on who's spoken about San Diego or really not much on the West Coast. So this is exciting. Oh, good. I'm glad. Oh, it's I hear it's like one of the happiest and best places to live in the United States. I think it's the place to go in the U.S. and certainly in California for sure. And I, I talk a little, I think I'll get into that a little bit later about kind of just what it's like there outside, like the ambiance, the culture. It's very different from being up here in the in cold Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sound awfully sunny and, and beautiful. So... Amber, what was the inspiration or reason for you choosing San Diego as your destination for this trip? Not anything in particular. I, you know, life was busy with work and I was in graduate school at the time. And I looked up at my calendar and my son was going to be with family for a week within the next couple of weeks. And I said, you know what, I'm going to book myself a trip. And I often use like JetBlue benefits to pay for some of my flights if they are within the States or within the Caribbean. And so I just pulled up their site and I started looking at the different places and I saw San Diego and I was like, you know what? I've never been that far out West. I've never been to California. I hear it's a beautiful place and I just booked it. That's awesome. And you're going here without your son. Do you usually travel with your son or without? So I usually either travel with him or alone, and I try to do a, a trip of each every year. So I'll take one solo trip for about a week, and then I'll take him somewhere for about a week. And what are the major differences between traveling, obviously, solo, and then also bringing along a, a child who you have to look after for? There's definitely been a couple of places, you know, that I've t- like when I've taken him out of the country, there's... I guess just an extra sense of caution, right? Because if something happens, if I get lost, can't find my way, or if I run into any trouble, it's like, I know I have to protect him first. Whereas when I travel alone, I have no fear or reservation at all, because whatever happens, I feel like I'll figure it out. And I'm not worried about the stress. But when I travel with my son, I never want to put him in that position and create that stress for him. So sometimes when I travel with him, I'll be a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more planful to have more of an itinerary or an agenda. Whereas when I travel by myself, I just I just take off. Great. Let's talk about a little bit of the transportation. How did you get there? I'm assuming since you went by yourself, there's no chance that you ended up driving. 
No, I didn't drive there. So I, I took a I took a JetBlue flight using my points. A lot of times, I don't like to stay in like traditional like hotels or resorts unless I'm going to like the Caribbean. So I just hopped on Airbnb and I just rented a room from a nice little old lady and rented a car from the airport and kind of found my way around. You said it doesn't bother you with these accommodations staying in like a a house in someone's room because you're not going to be spending a lot of time there. So really, when you look at your accommodations on Airbnb, you're not looking for an entire house or, or an entire apartment at this point, are you? Not usually. And especially if if I'm traveling alone, I don't see the purpose of it. I can keep, you know, the cost down significantly by just renting a room and staying somewhere. And as long as it's clean and it's safe and it has good reviews, like I've always felt perfectly comfortable doing that. And because the goal is not, you know, I'm not going on a trip to pamper myself and hang out in a five-star hotel. Like I'm going to explore and find things and meet people and discover new places. So I don't, I don't want to spend any time there. I just need a safe, clean bed to sleep in. And you mentioned in your itinerary here that basically you make a lot of your decisions 10 to 14 days before Mm -hmm. you end up going. You mentioned before we started recording that that has backfired before. Any, (laughs) (laughs) Any concerns during this trip? This one was a really a great one. And maybe because it was in the States, it was a touch more familiar than when I've, you know, had some failures to trying to do that outside of the States. But no, I, this particular trip, you know, I took a lot of advice from locals. I love to use Airbnb experiences section. So you can click on this tab that says experiences on their Airbnb website. And you can type in the location that you're going to. And it will pull up a plethora of events and just things to do within that local area. But what's so unique about it is it's all locals that, you know, just are using their free time to show people hidden gems and take them places. I, you know, I did things like ocean kayaking and then went into some caves. I did some snorkeling off of some pretty kind of remote and unique rocks and caves off the coast in San Diego. And I feel like these are the types of things that you wouldn't find. You wouldn't, you're not going to find it like out on a website and other places outside of Airbnb. And because it's put on by the people that live in the community, you get like this whole other sense of the culture and the community. They take you to all the local places. And I always make friends. People are always, they, they see that I'm traveling alone and they gravitate towards me. And then we end up going out and doing things that I never knew or planned or anticipated. And so this particular trip was pretty jam-packed every day with lots of exploring and meeting people and going to do different events and activities. And it was really one of the funnest, probably most liberating trips I ever took. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I have to tell you, I'm a very scheduled traveler. So I get nervous just hearing about the fact that "Ah, 
yeah, 10 to 14 days. I'm just going to wing it and see what happens. But I'm opening up to it as we talk to more people who travel this way. Mm. So yeah, perhaps uh, something I'll have to try starting with the, somewhere in the United States. Yeah. If there's a particular interest I have at a particular place, I might book one or two things, but I'll really spread them out in the week. I'll never book it the first day or two that I'm there because I just want to wander and explore kind of find my way. So I might book one or two things, but then I, like I said, I just meet people and that leads to other things or I'll check out Airbnb experiences. And I really, I like to leave it open so that I can do whatever my heart desires on that particular day. Since we're talking about scheduling now and kind of what those attractions or activities that you did, was there anything for this specific trip that you booked in advance? Yes. So... I think the only thing I planned in advance was a dolphin and whale watch. And that was in Dana Point. And Dana Point is about halfway north between San Diego and Los Angeles. So I knew that one of the days I wanted to make my way up to Los Angeles. And so I picked the day, I went online, I found this dolphin and whale watch excursion online, and I booked it. And I kind of planned that entire day to be a road trip that I took to drive a couple hours north, do the whale watch. I got lunch and kind of wandered around this particular location for a couple of hours. And then I got back in the car, drove north for a couple more hours to LA and ended up spending the evening on Hollywood Boulevard in LA, just walking up and down the street and watching different street performances, checking out different museums and tourist shops. And I ended up driving home, which was like almost a four hour drive home. I think I left LA at like almost midnight. Whoa. All right. So obviously we're in the US. So a lot of questions that we would ask people who are going to foreign countries don't apply to you. But you do say that San Diego kind of has its own unique culture. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? It's a whole different vibe. You know, I'm here in kind of Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised here. You guys know up here, it's, it, the winters are cold and bitter and everyone's fast paced and we're forever cutting people off in traffic. It's just kind of like this whole attitude up here, right? Yeah, and, everyone's just so angry. <laughs> oh, just like we're just like, everyone's like, out of my way. We're always in a rush or just, it's just kind of this weird sense of misery. <laughs> Like they would all have amongst each other. And you you get down to San Diego and it's like 85 and sunny all day, every day. It hardly ever rains. If it does, it's just like a scattered thunderstorm and then it's sunny again. And, you know, so I'm there like during the week, I'm there like a, like probably like a Sunday through a Saturday. And so it's a, the weekdays I'm out and I'm walking around and the beaches are packed and people are surfing and everyone's out at like these outdoor shops getting acai bowls and it's so laid back. And I remember being on the beach, like walking out on the pier, like in the middle of the weekday and in the middle of the day, like we're here, everyone would be working and I'm just looking around at all these people and I'm like, do any of these people have jobs? Like, how, what do they get? What What do they do that they get to surf on their lunch break? And I just felt like I did it all wrong, you know. Like, like, 
I've also visited California and I feel the same exact way. It looks so relaxing. It's almost like paradise. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. The water's beautiful. The people are beautiful. They're outside working out all day. Like there are no ugly people in San Diego, California. It's just incredible. (laughs) That's why I was born in New York. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it is amazing because we're here in the hustle and bustle and obviously it's the same country, but such yeah. a different vibe. And over here, people are doing their nine to five jobs and then it's, you know, can I get to the gym? Can I do this? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's all just jam packed, but yeah. And do then you we think like that has me? anything to do with the weather? Like, I mean, if it's 85 I, and sunny all day, every day there, you might as well, like I, I just, I, that would lead to me being much more laid back and relaxed. Oh my goodness. I I think so. Totally. How could you not? Like every day is just so gorgeous. I mean, and I just recently learned that apparently vitamin D is not just a vitamin. It actually converts to a hormone once you get a certain amount of it. So I think all these people are just so euphoric. Like I think they're just walking around with a surplus of vitamin D in their system, enjoying life. Yeah. As as the cloud cover over here is just permanent for the next three months yeah yeah. we had what wind chills that reached like below 20 last night i mean it's just brutal the fact that we even have to talk about wind chills i know know. (laughs) uh the east coast come and visit everybody yeah we promise it's nice yeah Uh, All right. So before we move on to the major attractions that you were able to see in San Diego and a bit of Los Angeles, I have a segment which we call the travel quiz. I will ask three questions and then you will answer. Amber, you can answer first because you're our guest. When is the best time to see seal pups being born at La Joya? I think is how you say it. La Joya. La Jolla. La Jolla. I had to be corrected on that too when I booked my trip. <laughs> These East Coast people. Geez. I know. <laughs> the, I have three answers here. Is it February 4th through March 4th, mm-hmm. March 10th through April 10th, or April 21st through May 21st? I'm going to guess April. All right. James? Choice A. February 4th to March 4th? Yeah. The answer is February 4th to March 4th. So I know you did a bit of seal watching, but if anybody listening is interested in seeing seal pups being born, your best chance to see that is to go during February and March. James, you're up one nil. How many species of whales are commonly seen at Dana Point and its surrounding waters? Four, five, or six? Oh man, I should know this because I did a tour and I, I'm sure they probably talked about this, but I was enamored by the dolphin swimming next to the boat. I didn't even listen. Um, I'm going to guess, I'll guess four. Is- I think they're like doing something sneaky and like counting like whales and dolphins is the same category. So I'll go six. The answer is indeed six, but they are not. And I will let you know that. The whales that you can see are blue whale, finback whale, gray whale, humpback whale, sperm whale, and mink whale. And that doesn't include the killer whale, which I learned is actually a dolphin species. So that's what I was thinking of, I think, then. I was thinking I was reversing that. All right. Last one. Mount Soledad 
is the last home to which famous author? Dr. Seuss, Eric Carle, or R.L. Stein? Dr. Seuss. I think I, I think I got that one. <laughs> James? I guess she sounded pretty confident. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Can you that? <laughs> All right, I'll take R.L. Stein. <laughs> it is indeed Dr. Seuss because R.L. Stein and Eric Carl are still alive. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Trick question. All right. but it still could be their last known home. It very well could be. What was the biggest major attraction that you found while you were in San Diego? Honestly, it might seem lame because it's not like it's not like a place or a thing but it was actually La Jolla Cove because when I got there it was the time of year where all the seals are just laying on the beach basking and they're so desensitized to all the human observation that I literally would just go and sit down on a rock next to all these seals and they would just lay down in front of me and the pups were playing and then there's like one massive seal like the dominant male seal who is in the like the shallow water and he just swims back and forth and he's just like shouting all of these crazy sounds relentlessly for like the entire time that you're there and it's just it was I was enamored I was it was completely fascinating to watch the first thing that I did when I got there and I didn't even I wasn't even looking for that I just so happened to go driving around the particular neighborhood that I was in, it just so happened that the Airbnb I had booked was in La Jolla. So I just went driving around by the beach and I found like this cute little road with these cute little shops. And I walked down to the beach and all the seals were there. And I'm such an animal lover. I probably spent like three hours every morning there most mornings that I was there because it was just incredible to be around them. Do you know if they were there all day or was it a time of day type of thing. They do stay there all day. It's this particular time of year that they're, they're known for being there on the beach. So, and I, again, I didn't know that when I booked it, I just said, Hey, I'm going to San Diego. And I just so happened to get there at the time of year that you can catch them basking on the, on the beaches. And I'm not kidding you guys. I'll send you some pictures and videos for your website. Like I was 12 inches away from them, just sitting there. They're laying next to me. They're rolling around. It was just so cool. That's awesome. Considering other attractions that you've been to and and things, was it particularly crowded by this beach? There was a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's a section of the beach where there's like a rock wall and then lots of rocks down on the sand. It's, it's probably not the section of the beach where people tend to go to like lay out or swim. It's a very kind of small, narrow beach. Um, and then there's like a whole section of just rocks where the, the water hits and, and comes up on and all the seals are basking on the rocks. But you know, there's a park right there, and there's a road with lots of a uh, whole strip, a little, a little strip mall and stores. And so this is a highly populated area, and there are tons of people all around sitting, taking pictures with the seals, just observing them. You're not allowed to touch them, but like I said, I think they're so desensitized to the amount of people that go to watch them that you can get really close. And I would just sit there for hours and just stare at them. They were so fascinating. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, by any chance, did you happen to go back and be like, what the heck did I stumble upon and like look into that at all on the internet at all or and see was this 
yeah. supposed to be a major attraction that you just happened to stumble upon? Or was this something that you just uncovered? Was it more of a hidden gem? I did go back and look at it afterwards. And that's how I figured out that this was the time of year that you can go to observe them. But for me, it felt like a hidden gem in the moment. And I think certainly if you just show up in, in La Jolla and, and you stumble upon that, you know, I, I would tell anyone going to San Diego to make that part of their trip. What else did you find? I would say um, Mount Soledad was kind of the other hidden gem that I found. It's the highest point in San Diego, and you have 360 views of the entire city. And it was one of the other things that I didn't know anything about. It was, I traveled there, I was posting, you know, my trip and what I was doing on Instagram. And people that I knew that saw me traveling would reach out and say, you need to check out this place, you need to check out that place. And I got a few comments about Mount Soledad. And so, I went looking for it and, you know, you take your car kind of up to this spiral road up this kind of this mountain and you get up there and there's a huge veteran memorial centered at the top, a huge kind of cross monument to represent it all. And just anywhere you look, you can see everything as far as the eye can see. It's like a very surreal kind of somber experience up there. Everyone is quiet. When I was there, there was a man sitting there in a chair, just kind of, he's by himself, just like staring out into nothing. And he had a hat on that, or there was some, I think it was his hat, but something that he was wearing let me know that he was a veteran. And so I knew in seeing him that this was a place that he came to just to like relax and maybe in some way, commemorate or celebrate his time serving. Maybe he lost friends. I don't know. I didn't ask him specifically that, but I did say hello to him. And he did tell me that this is a particular place he came to often just to reflect and think and, and kind of be in the moment. And, and that's, that's what it's like up there. It's, it's just beautiful. And it makes you pause and take a deep breath. Let's jump back to wildlife for a little bit. You mentioned that you pre-booked a whale and dolphin watch. Yeah. And that was at Dana Point. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this was, you know, one of the kind of the commercial excursions that was offered at this place. So you, you go up to Dana Point, there's a whole section where people dock their boats. Like this is a place where people go. It's a whole, I guess, like a boating section of California that's that's well known, a very high end area. I had, didn't know of it before looking up this excursion and going there, but it's a really high end, beautiful town. And so I booked the trip. I went, there's all these beautiful shops kind of along the water. There's even like a rock bridge that you can go walk out onto the water on. It's really gorgeous and peaceful. And so I just, I took the boat ride. It was a couple hours long and it wasn't the time of year that it was likely to see whales. And they told us that, but they said it would be likely that we'd see and find dolphins and, and it would be pretty cool. And so we got out there and the entire time, our entire boat was surrounded by hundreds of dolphins, just racing the boat, jumping in and out of the water. I was surrounded by like families and little kids. Like I have videos of it. You can hear the little kids in the background, like echoing the dolphin noises at them. And 
it was, so, I mean, they were coordinated, like two dolphins would come and follow us and swim next to each other and jump in and out of the water at the same time. It was like, they were everywhere. And you, they were, you could probably see them. You could see them right up next to the boat, like almost like under it, just so close to us. And then they were actually probably out maybe like 50 to 100 yards. Like you could just see them everywhere. Jim, just so we're clear, that actually wasn't kids echoing. That was Amber. She's just trying to cover it up. <laughs> I was actually ab- about to put Amber and you on the spot and ask to hear your best dolphin noises. They will not oh, do God. that. Oh, oh Aaron, was so that your bad. laugh or was that your dolphin noise? <laughs> yeah. I, I, all right. They sound similar. All right. They Come do. On. They probably. Yeah. For me, they definitely sound similar. I don't. I don't want to embarrass myself to that degree. Good, all right. All right. So I'll Aaron, just send show- you the video, and you guys can make your own determination. <laughs> Now you you're from the Boston area. Have you been on whale watches in the Boston area? I actually haven't. I I've done I mean I've gone out on like the summer boat cruises out of Boston Harbor, but never specifically to whale watch. It's just like you just go out and eat and you kind of I've done like the fireworks out there on the harbor, but that's it. Did you accidentally see whales while you were doing that? No, no, they oh, don't okay. take you out far enough to do it. Oh, you just okay. kind of cruise the harbor and come back. So I think you've really got to go out quite a bit to go see the whales. It's always interesting how we never really take advantage of the things that are right around us. I mean, I've gone, I know I've gone to Boston twice for whale watching and, yeah. and you've gone cross country to do it um, when it's it's right there in your backyard. So that's interesting. I know. Well, I think it's because it's, I'm pretty sure when you do it out here, it's during difficult months. I think it's like cold out there and you need to bundle up. I'm not interested in doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You saw the dolphins. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty jealous of that. I have not seen dolphins in person other than like if you're sitting on the beach and they're, you know, real far out there jumping up. So yeah, that's cool. I swim Um, with them too. They're phenomenal creatures. Like they're just incredible. Excellent. Was this in San Diego? That was a different trip. That was the Bahamas. I went to the Bahamas and I went and swam with them. Yeah. Amber, you mentioned that you wouldn't be able to see whales at this point in time. Mm -hmm. When did you end up going to San Diego? Just so people know, if they're interested in whale watching, we don't want them to go out there during that time. Right. I was there during the week of 4th of July. All right. How about Coronado Beach and Hotel Coronado? You said that you're not a movie person, but... One of the attractions of this is that Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe was filmed there. Yeah. So this was something that was not on my limited itinerary. (laughs) Uh, It was one of those things. I got out there and I met some locals and they told me, they said, you've got to go to Coronado Beach. They said it's the, the best beach in San Diego. It's actually out on like a little island kind of just off of San Diego. So you've got to take like a bridge over water to get there. It's kind of separate. It's a little bit of a drive, but they said it's the the biggest kind of most beautiful beach, the softest white sand. And then, you know, right there is Hotel Coronado where, yeah, that, that famous film was filmed. So I kind of just went out there for a day. I didn't really spend time. I didn't make it like a beach day, but I went and I walked around and I went inside inside of Hotel Coronado because you can, as a visitor, just go in and walk around and 
it's like a hotel meets a museum because of kind of the historic film that was shot there. And so you're walking around and there's all this memorabilia. And when you're in different sections, they show like the pieces of the movie that were filmed in that particular section, lots of photos and things like that. They make it kind of an experience to walk around throughout the hotel and, and check all of that out. And I actually hadn't watched the movie before that. I didn't watch it till I got home because of that experience, but it, it was neat and it was beautiful. And I will say, I, although I didn't lay out on the beach there, it was probably the largest beach in terms of like the amount of sand space I've ever seen. And it was like incredibly clean, white, super soft sand. It was a beautiful place to be. Are you a Marilyn Monroe fan? You know, I never was like in particular, not that I wasn't for any reason. It just was not something I ever, you know, knew much about outside of kind of the typical, you know, history that people know of her. So it was just kind of an experience that, you know, I kind of led me to to go and watch the movie and think about things like that and and understand it a little bit more. How was the movie? I mean, it was good. It's old, right? It's kind of slow. It's different than everything that we're used to today. It might be one of the oldest movies I've ever watched. <laughs> Is it black and white? Yeah, it was. The movie is 62 years old at the time of this recording. What major differences, if any, could you tell about the hotel? Like, Did you see any major differences in it? I don't think I can pick anything that really stands out, but I'll tell you, it doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like for the the areas where the filming happened and like the the general kind of entrance way where you go in, it doesn't seem like they've really renovated it much. It, it's like they're trying to keep that history there, right? You've got like the old elevators with like the sliding metal doors that you see in some of these old movies and like the handle is on it instead of like there's no buttons and the interior is it's it's kind of dark and dated and everything's like carpeted. So I think that they're actually really trying to keep that history there and keep it alive. But there's only kind of so many sections you can go into. Obviously I can't go up into the hallways and the rooms and things like that. So I don't know what that is like. I would imagine it's nicer, but they did have some dining rooms and such that were kind of off to the sides that I don't particularly call recall from the movies, but these were kind of more updated renovated areas and, if you were looking at the building from the outside or if you were out by the pool, that is all very renovated and beautiful and it's like a very nice place to be. You mentioned that you like to go on a trip with your son and a trip without your son. This was yeah. a trip without your son? It was, yep. All right. So as a trip without any children to worry about, did you take advantage of the nightlife? I did. Yes. I, again, while I was there, it was actually, I met. So one of the excursions I found off of the Airbnb site was this ocean kayaking and cave exploration excursion and all the, all the kayaks were tandem. So I was partnered up with this girl. She was about my age. She was actually from Indiana I don't know what she had going on. I remember she told me she was a mail carrier and she kind of alluded to the fact that she had come into some money. And so she was on like this month long trip that she was taking for herself. And she was staying in a hostel 
um, with a bunch of other people. And she had made friends with this blonde woman from, I think, Poland. And this woman was like traveling to the States for the first time. And so I met this girl from Indiana while we were kayaking. And she was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Like, we keep hearing about this gas lamp district place with like nightlife, you know, do you want to come with us? So I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so the three, uh, the three of us girls just went downtown. And, you know, I got to tell you, like, it's funny, the nightlife there is either you're either like on a rooftop bar with beautiful lights and ambiance and great drinks and kind of a chill vibe. Or you're like in a basement somewhere and it's like EDM music, like the techno, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oops, 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 like dancing your ass <laughs> off all night. And there's like no in between. <laughs> it's like, um, but I, I particularly loved the rooftop bars. And we met other people out there that night. I mean, people I still like that still reach out to me and say hi on Instagram when they see me traveling and stuff. And everyone there is just so friendly. And that's kind of how that's how I, you know, meet people when I travel. Like I just do things and I get paired with people and then we end up going to hang out and we meet other people. And so, yeah, the, the downtown life is, is pretty nice. And plus, you know, even at night, the weather is just so beautiful. It's, it's just nice to be out there and walking around. It's not here, like where you get the temp significant temperature drops and the wind tunnels through the streets of Boston. It's, it's very different. It sounds like you make a lot of uh, friends with strangers when you're on your trips. And that's that's a very adventurous and, and cool thing yeah, to do that not yeah. enough people take advantage of. Being a, a woman, how, how do you kind of filter that by meeting people and putting yourself out there? Because it has to be so much different for you than it would James or I, yeah. in, a sense that, in a sense of security, I guess. It is definitely something you have to be aware of and cognizant of. I have never been in a position where I was uncomfortable. For the most part, like the people I will choose to actually hang out with and do things with is mostly women. A couple of times it's it's been a couple or like a group of people, you know, maybe a couple of married couples, maybe there's a single person in the group, but never just like a a group of guys or like just a guy cuz that that would be obviously more dangerous, but um it, it certainly, you know, I think people that's people's kind of normal reaction when I talk about going to hang out with str- with strangers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you do have to use your judgment. And thankfully, just me, who I am, like, I may go out and have a drink, but I, I never over drink. I never get drunk. So I don't, I'm never like in a position where, you know, I might make really bad judgment calls because I'm too intoxicated or anything like that. One of the iconic major attractions of California is Los Angeles. and even though you were about three and a half hours away, you still made the trek there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did while you were there? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I made a, a whole day out of it. So I did Dana Point. I think I went and swam on a beach for a little bit. And then I got in the car and I finished the trek up to LA. And I think it was later in the afternoon. By the time I got there, it was a little later than I had hoped to get there. I want to say it was maybe like four or five, but it was still daytime. And I didn't know much about LA or what to do or where to go, but I knew Hollywood, like the name Hollywood Boulevard, right? So I kind of just randomly picked that place out of like my knowledge of pop culture, right? (laughs) If you will. And I 
didn't know where to park. I parked in like a random CVS parking lot and out there, like there's no parking signs everywhere. You know, there it's a very high tourist area. So they don't buildings and businesses like that. Don't want people like me parking there and then taking off like I did. So I was actually very nervous. I was nervous about where I parked and I was looking around. I remember there was a security guard like in the CVS parking lot. And I was like, if my car gets towed, Oh, like, I don't know what I'll do in the middle of California, like LA four hours from my Airbnb, but I did, I winged it and I went walking around. Yeah. I was on sunset and Hollywood Boulevard. They kind of run parallel to each other. And I just, I just walked until I found things I liked. It, it was more touristy than I thought. I think in my head, I thought I was going to see like Beyonce or like Justin Timberlake walking down the street. And I think that those people know better than to go there. What a what a treat it would have been to see Justin Justin oh Timberlake. God. I would have died and gone to heaven if I saw anybody. <laughs> anybody. Who'd be your ideal person to see? Beyonce, hundred percent. Okay. All day, every day. But I always wonder, like, I feel so bad for celebrities the way people fan out and scream and go crazy. I feel like I would just like walk by them and give them the head nod and be like, "What's up?" Like, I don't think <laughs> I would bother them. I, I don't. I would. It would bother me to to be disruptive to them, but I would definitely be freaking out on the inside. <laughs> so one thing that's cool is you've got the stars all on Hollywood Boulevard. So I was walking around, I was looking for the Destiny's Child star and all the people I grew up with loving and took a bunch of pictures of that. There's so many hustlers, guys, like every street corner is like somebody handing you like, it's like burned CDs. Like it's, you know, 2001 again, like and they're trying to like get, get, get like their big break by handing out their CDs on the corner. You should have um, grabbed a few for that four hour ride back. I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did get one or two, but I could not tell you what I did with them or if I even listened to them. But they don't like they don't give you a choice. Like they like they are handing it to you and you are taking it. They are relentless. One of the things I thought was like silly but fun is there's these other hustlers that sit on the sidewalk. Some of the stars are empty. They don't have a name in them. And so they'll place themselves around these stars and they've got these like these messy boxes and bags full of like sticky letters you could buy at like a craft store and they'll write your they'll put your name on the star and take pictures of you. And so this lady, I walked by this lady and she's like, she's hustling me for it. And she's like, oh, $20, you know, for your name. And I'm like, I don't like that's, I mean, cool, but like, whatever, you know? And so this other lady and her friend walk by me and we're both like kind of interested, but like not enough to hand this lady a $20 bill for like the silly picture. So we kind of partnered up and hustled her. We're like, if you do the three of us, like we'll, we'll both, we'll, give you $20 for like all three. <laughs> so we returned the hustle a little bit and got a better deal for it and took some pictures with our names on the star. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. Were they all together or did you get to do them individually? No, we were able to do them individually. Yeah. So it worked out. So it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny just to like to have that camaraderie with a random person on the street, you know, and like work yeah. together like that. Lots of street performers. Like that was one of my favorite things. Like now it was getting dark out and there's these groups of the people and kids like and they're they're just doing these crazy things, these jumps and these dances and the music. It's so high energy and everyone comes around and it was it was actually one of my favorite things. I watched a few of them while I was out there and recorded a few that 
it was just fascinating. And I swear they had a name. I can't remember what it is right now, but I ended up like following them on Instagram. And it was funny because like a couple years later, I ended up, I was like out walking around in Boston and I don't think it was the same people, but they did the same exact performance that I saw in LA. And I was like, what is this? Like, are these people working together? Like, how do they all do the same thing? <laughs> um, I, and then I like, I think I looked into it at some point and it is like, there's like a group and people are connected to this group and they do like similar performances at different cities throughout the country. And I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't realize that like they're all banding together to like make something out of this. Before we get to our conclusion, Amber, I have another segment. It's called Here or There. And basically, I'm going to give you two places or two things, and you have to choose which one you would prefer to have done uh, over the other and give just a quick reason as to why you would choose that if you were going there again. Okay. I like this. Yeah. So to start, we'll go with... Dana Point or La Jolla Cove? Ah, La Jolla Cove. I just can't. Like, it's just so incredible. Like, I could sit with those seals all day, every day. All right. Mount Soledad or the beaches? The the beaches. Yeah. Yeah. I need a good tan. I need to hear the water and relax. I agree. I love the beach. It's so relaxing. All right. Gas Lamp District or Hollywood Boulevard? Oh, um, I'm going to say Gas Lamp District. It, they're both equally as vibrant and, and alive. Like, like Hollywood Boulevard is more like, you know, the wax museums there. There's like an outdoor mall. And there's like a gazillion tourist shops you can go in and buy like Swiss Army knives with your name on it, right? Like, and that's <laughs> fine. And that's cool. It's great. It was so wonderful to walk around there and kind of take that all in. But Gas Lamp is more of like the nice restaurants and the rooftop bars and the clubs. And it, it's just a different kind of scene. Maybe some of that was on Hollywood Boulevard and I didn't see it because that's not what I was looking for. But I think like the vibe and the ambiance of Gas Lamp is is just is different, and like fun, but more laid back. And I, I really loved Gas Lamp District. Great. And last but not least, seal watching or whale watching? <sighs> That's a tough one. I haven't actually experienced whales, so I think That's I have true. to say seals. Yeah. That's true. I get dolphin watching, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was really great. But I also, I I don't know, in getting older, I'm getting seasick more. Not actually, it doesn't actually happen, but I don't feel well when I'm out on the boats for a while. And even ocean kayaking, I've kayaked a gazillion times. I had never ocean kayaked. And even the girl that was in the kayak with me, like we were done. We were ready to get out. (laughs) We did not feel good. (laughs) (laughs) how long were you out on the ocean for for that probably about an hour you know it doesn't seem far to where you're paddling to but when you're going against the ocean it takes a while it takes a while to get in and out of there and um and it's hard it's very difficult especially coming in for some reason so interesting yeah how are the arms my arms doing it yeah. yeah, it's usually yeah, your shoulders and your back will be pretty lit up the next day. I don't particularly remember any pain, but you know, I, I'm a big gym person, so even when I do get sore from that from stuff like that, I kind of like it. Nice. Yeah. All right. So 
if you could go back to San Diego and take your trip again, is there anything that you would change about this particular trip? I don't think I would change anything. I think every time I travel, I just always wish that I stayed longer. Even when I, I'll do like full week trips, um, but it just never feels like enough time, you know, and it's probably because I'm, it's fun and I'm enjoying myself and, you know, who wants to go back to work? But I find that every time I book a trip, you know, I'm like, oh no, like six days is perfect, you know, and, and this is this is why, and this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm always like, I should have stayed. <laughs> should have stayed longer. <laughs> That's funny. Now, if you went back to... San Diego, what would be the first thing you did as soon as you got there? The first thing I did before I even found the seals was I found this like little hole in the wall breakfast place where I got crab cake Benedict and it was so good. (laughs) I would probably go eat that again and then go sit with the seals. Nice. That's awesome. Is there anything you would recommend skipping if someone didn't have the time to see everything that you did? Yeah, I might skip the LA stuff. I mean, considering you've got to take a whole day to drive out there, unless you had things kind of planned that were of interest to you that you were like targeting. I just randomly went out there and decided to walk around and check things out. And I found some cool things and it was, it was, you know, a neat experience and I don't regret going at all, but it wasn't particularly, you know, exciting or planful. So I'd say unless you've got certain places you want to target in LA, then I I don't know that I'd make the drive. Yeah. I get a lot of mixed reviews about LA as well. Mm -hmm. Some people either really love it or some people just are really turned off by it. Um, I do wish while I was there that I did the hike up to the Hollywood sign. Okay. Um, I know that you could do that. I could see people doing it, but I didn't know how to get up there. And it was like almost, it was like going to be dark soon. So it would, that would not have been a good idea, but I, d- I do wish I did that. Maybe uh, something for next time you go out yeah. to the West coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've given us a lot of great advice regarding, you know, travel, as a, a solo travelist and obviously someone who's traveling as a woman, can you share any one piece of advice for our listeners who want to start traveling but are maybe hesitant in doing so? I would say I actually think traveling with you know friends, family, alone, all of them are really important things to do just for any person. I think that different people and cultures are the reason that this world is so beautiful and anyone that, you know, misses out on that for, for fear of either just doing that and being away from home or for fear of, you know, finances and things like that, I'd say just, just make the commitment and make it work and find a way to make it work because you can make the money again, but you'll never get back that time and that experience. And I think all of my trips have taught me something in some way and and added to kind of me and my personality and just just who I am as a person. And I just think it's really critical for everyone to experience different different people, different places, different cultures. And and I would just really would recommend it. I agree. 100%. All right. Last but not least, one of the last stages of traveling is returning home. And then starting to think about your next place to travel to. So have you have you started thinking about maybe your next destination? I never stop. I'm always 
concerned about where I'm going next. <laughs> Even though I've gone places and I've loved it, and sometimes I've you know nailed trips, and sometimes I've completely blown trips. You know, with like we talked about earlier, it's sometimes the fact that I don't plan is has not worked in my favor. But you you know you learn and you figure it out. But um, I don't typically like to go to the same place twice, just because there's so many places in the world, and I've done a lot of things across the States and I've done a lot of things in the Caribbean, but I haven't made my way out East or South. And so anything I do next is going to be either in Europe or South America. A couple of things on the list that my friends and I are actually looking at for this year is either Greece or like a dual trip to Spain and Portugal. Nice. That sounds wonderful. We've had a guest come on and talk about Portugal and she, yeah, she absolutely loved it. So I don't think you can go wrong with any of those options. I'm going to have to listen to that episode for some (laughs) tips then because it's high on my list. Yeah. And uh, that was one of our earlier episodes. So we've, uh, we've matured and uh, grown since then. We're much more professional. Yeah, (laughs) I like like that it's laid back. This is wonderful. And thank you so much for thinking of me and giving me the opportunity to come to come speak with you guys. Oh, no, the the pleasure is all ours, honestly. Amber, thank you. Thank you so much for spending your Friday morning with us. And we hope you enjoyed it. And as you continue to go on your trips, keep us updated. And we would love to have you back on to talk about more. I would love it. I'd love to be back. I plan to. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Inspire Beyond Borders. Have you or someone you know been on a trip you would like to share with our listeners? Contact us at IBBpod on Twitter and Instagram or email us at inspirebeyondbordersofficial at gmail.com.